Welcome back to the HowDoIRepent.org podcast. I am here with my always very best friend, Mr. Dan. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, Mike. I'm doing great. How are you doing, brother? I am doing good, man. I'm a little bit, you know, groggy, a little bit tired, kind of just working through it. And and we have, you know, it's amazing. We have breath in our lungs. We have another exciting day to get it right, seek truth, to understand and draw closer and nearer to God. And, you know, how do we do that? You know, we've gone through repent. Well, we're working through repentance. We're understanding. We're gaining knowledge, understanding how do we draw closer to God? Now we jump into something, you know, it, I would, I believe is, in, is truly incredible. And I know that you've put a lot of legwork into this and, and you've been studying and, and we're preparing. And, and so we want to jump into a couple of different things today on this podcast. We want to hear about, you know, the festivals. We want to hear about the temple. We want to hear about, you know, how repentance plays in, in this, in this progression kind of uh, pipeline of activity leading us somewhere and exiles and so i'm excited we talk about what we talk about the kingdom of god and so all this and more today on the how do i repent.org podcast dan we talk a lot about we hear a lot about the kingdom of god one would speculate the kingdom of god is actually in heaven uh you know and but what understanding has led us to is that there is uh, shadows of the kingdom of God here on this earth. And so, you know, we hear about the synagogue, we hear about the temple. How does this all come together in, you know, in, in, a, in a harmonious kind of picture to teach us about the kingdom of God? Uh, there's a lot of prophecies in the Old Testament, and there's a lot of uh, writings like by Isaiah um, and Ezekiel and Zechariah, just a lot, all the prophets basically, they're, they're all, they're all talking about a time when there's going to be this kingdom. And it, it, and we know it as the messianic kingdom. We, we know it as a kingdom of God. I, I know from, uh, looking at it from a Christian view, you know, we're taught that, hey, we're going to die and then go somewhere else and serve God. And this world's all going to be done away with. And I know there's lots of scriptures and there's lots of things everybody, you know, will use to prove out their opinion. I think we have to really step back and say, okay, we don't know everything. But what we can do is we can look and, and we can start taking pieces that uh, we do know, like put them against like what Jesus says, what's in the, what's in the New Testament, what's in the Old Testament. And you can put it all together and you can start to form a perspective. Our, our entire direction in life and what we're trying to do is we're trying to come to understand God more. That's really the thing that we're going to, that's what we're gaining in this world. We're gaining a relationship with God through this life that he's given us. And so I had this really cool kind of picture in my mind, Dan, about, you know, a puzzle, you know, that, that God has drawn this amazing, beautiful picture and really he's giving us these pieces. And, you know, many times, you know, it, it has to go together a certain way, you know, we like to force the pieces in, you know, this piece doesn't fit. I remember as a kid, you know, and then pushing it in, oh, it's got to fit, you know, but it really doesn't fit. But if we can get these puzzle pieces, if we can interlock them, if we can understand and, and place them, then all of a sudden the picture that is presented is, is beautiful and it makes right. sense. And yeah, that's, no, that's really what great. I see as a visual when, when you're talking about this. Yeah. The and pieces to the, to this puzzle. Yeah, you know, that's great. That's a really great analogy. I mean, think about it like when you put a puzzle together, you're always looking at the picture on the box so you can put it together. But instead, yeah. we're, yeah. we're putting together a puzzle without being able to see the picture. 
Yeah. And, you know, yeah. so, yeah. you know, that's really, it's kind of, that's why it's cool. A lot of it, you know, just, and just thinking about growing up, I, I know the scripture in first Corinthians three where Paul says that, don't you know that you're the temple of God? And well, so if you, let's just say we started with that puzzle piece. Okay. So all of a sudden we don't see the whole picture, but we're, we, we know that somehow we are a, we're the temple. There was a, um, there was a pastor who said, if you really believe you're the temple of God, then you'll take the time to learn about the temple of God. Hmm. And man, when, wow. when he, when he said that, it hit me like, oh man, I really need to, I need to take some time. And so I, I started on a, um, I started on a journey just really digging in and there, um, Joe, Joseph Good is somebody who has a, um, a study on the temple. It's not for just um, somebody who's just kind of nonchalantly trying to learn. Right, you're not just trying really to wade through it. Right, listen to it. All oh yeah, because it's through it, and you know, I, I now I understand. Yeah, yeah, and it, so, but he, he really got that. Really got me on a good direction, and I and I spent some time in Israel and just kind of learning more. I actually, went to the Temple Mount. Um, I went, you know, and started really studying some things, looking more from the Jewish side from the Temple. And, right. So when well, Dan, when you look at and and. When you look at the temple, you look at the synagogue. What, what, what are we really supposed to gain from? What are we really supposed to learn from the temple and the synagogue? I mean, to some, it's it was just a piece of history. It was something that you know was given and and it served its purpose in the day. Does it have a purpose now? And is it is it really like what do we gain as one hundred percent believers from today? Yeah, what I've what I've learned until until you really come to understand the temple and the leadership structure all the events that are happening around the temple, you can't really understand the kingdom of God from the perspective where Jesus is, is telling, you know, hey, repent for the kingdom is coming. Because when the kingdom comes, the the entire kingdom is set up around this temple. And even, you know, and we, we talked about on a previous podcast, we were talking about where we have the three camps, where you have Israel and you have the Levites and you have, you know, the Holy of Holies. And then we were even talking about how the early church fathers taught from the oral teachings from the apostles that that's what Jesus explained was that was how the kingdom was set up in those three areas and that there were gates that you had to go through to go to the next area. Well, you know, that's a little difficult to understand, you know, just maybe it's just a, a high level, you know, Christian thinking that, hey, I'm accepting Jesus, I'm going to heaven. But when you really dig in and you start thinking, okay, well, I have this purpose in eternity, and God has this structure, and he has this whole thing laid out, and he's He's given us the shadow of it so that we could put the puzzle pieces together so that we can understand them better. There's a lot of pieces to the temple and to Jerusalem and to the entire, um, in, into the entire structure of the kingdom, and we can take things from the book of Ezekiel. We can take things from First Chronicles, where David is setting and preparing for this temple. You can, if you take those two books and you really go dig into the uh, commentary from the from the Jewish um, perspective, which on howdoirepent.org, there's a link at the top called Elementary Principles. There's a link on there that says Understanding um, the Kingdom of God. So it's a it's a good resource to go to. We got some links on there to kind of give some uh some more resources but it really will give a, a different a different view from what the kingdom of god sure. is so we're, we're talking about the kingdom come you know when when jesus prayed your kingdom come your will be done he wasn't he was talking specifically about a kingdom that was coming here to this earth 
He wasn't right. talking about, you know, we, us leaving, going into heaven and being, it really doesn't make sense on that side of the coin. I, I have, tr- I have trouble compartmentalizing it and, and dissecting it and understanding it because when you put it into the natural processes of, of the world, that now we understand that there is a kingdom coming. He is establishing. And also Jesus will need to sit on a throne, you know, that's a physical throne. And, you know, the point is, I believe is what we're getting at. What we'll come to is that the point is to redeem this world, right? The point is to come back and he, and, and like we talked about the puzzle is that God has given us this, this picture to put together and to get it right so that we can be effective and assist the King in redeeming the world. Right. You know, I, and I just love that analogy about the puzzle because it, when you start taking these multiple, many pieces together and start putting together, the puzzle really starts to come alive. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, just talking about here on this earth in Zechariah eight, you know, he made a statement. He said, many people in strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem hmm. and to be entreated and entreat the favor of the Lord. And like Zechariah 14, it talks about, you know, there'll be a day, and this is speaking of the Messiah, he's going to come and bring, he's going to bring the holy ones with them. They're going to fight a battle there. There's scriptures spread out. Well, throughout about, all yeah, the, even the law coming forth from Zion, you know, yeah, the, the law, and, and where Zion is in Jerusalem. And then, and then you have the law, which is Torah, which is the, which are the instructions, you know, that there is, there's a reason for all of this. There's a reason that we repent. There's a reason that we put the puzzle pieces together is because how can we be counted as worthy to serve the king unless we are prepared to serve the king? What, what use would we be? Right. And, and even you think about like having a king in Isaiah 2, it, it says that he will judge between the nations and settle disputes for many people. It, it's talking about this king who's ruling the world. The thing is, the world, there's going to be a world peace. You know, and something to think about this, Isaiah 65, I mean, it's talking about a time when if somebody dies at 100, they're going to be considered young. Now, we may not be able to comprehend this and say, okay, well, in the kingdom, so people are still going to die. Well, there's going to be people who are resurrected, who are reigning with the Messiah, like Revelation 20 says. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be people who are not resurrected. I mean, Ezekiel goes actually into a lot of detail of this in Ezekiel 44. You know, he's talking about the, the Levitical priesthood being set up. And, you know, in order for the Levitical priesthood to be set up there, well, there has to be a temple for them to operate in. But he gives specific details about this temple that's going to be there. And, I mean, you think about it, you got a king. Well, he's reigning from the temple. Right. And, and I, I tell you what, there's so much stuff just to learn from Ezekiel 44 talking about the priest. It's talking about, you know, about the gates, and the, you know, when the, when they enter in the gate, you know, what, what they're going to wear. Mm. It talks about, yeah. I mean, it talks about them sweating. <laughs> I mean, making sure they're wearing garments so they don't sweat. It talks about, you know, the priest, they can't marry a widow. Well, there's going to be people who die. The priest can't marry a divorced woman. Well, there's people still going to get divorced. So, I mean, there's these, these little pieces. When you start looking at this, it, it is, it is amazing. And it's, awesome to think we're going to live in this world we have this king who's going to reign from jerusalem he's going to be you know there's going to be disputes going on that he's going to rule on and there's going to be a priesthood that's serving people in the kingdom well it it provides purpose right i mean it it really comes back to even though 
you know, we, we might be Gentiles, you know, some Gentiles, some Jews, you know, we all have this role. We all need to work through it and perfect this role so that we can, we can count ourselves or we can be counted as worthy to serve the King. Isn't that, isn't that the purpose of our lives, my friends, is we are, we are toiling through and we're, we're never going to be free until we get to be resurrected until, until death takes us or we are resurrected. So we have an opportunity to work through this and, and become holy. You know, that's why the Bible says, be holy for I'm holy. There's a purpose to that. It's not just for, you know, disappearing, leaving this earth and going into heaven and, and reigning is that there is a, a mission that is being unfolded and we have a, an opportunity. Doesn't that not motivate you to say, okay, I want to know and I want to grow and I want to invest and I want to ask, seek and knock. And I want to gain that understanding so that when that day comes and when the king sits on his throne in the temple, he'll say, well done. Now I need you to go out and do X, Y, or Z so that we can get this world ready. Like Revelation 21, three says for the culmination of it all to accept God, that God can come and dwell amongst men once again is in the garden. Yeah. You know, we've talked about the scripture before in Matthew 5.19. You know, Jesus said it, anyone who sets aside one of the least of the commandments and teaches others, you know, that will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. You know, and whoever practices and teaches the commandments will be called great in the kingdom. You know, we have this place in the kingdom. and we're right. You're either going to be shoveling camel dung or you're going to be, you know, somebody who is yeah, is, I mean, uh, you, teaching and leading. It's it's hard to think about this, but we we have a place in this kingdom, and we're prepared for it right now, and and we're we're going to be put into a position based on how our obedience to God, right? And so it, right now, this world really wants us to focus on our job, our career, uh, all the things we have, and even and even in ministry, sometimes we get really pulled into trying to focus on our ministry more than our service to God. And it's a balance. And and it's not that all that's bad. And there there's just a balance in it. It's fine to have a nice house. It's fine to have, you know, a lot of things in ministry. There, you know, it sure, but it's the intent, good. right? The emphasis right. is the intent. Where is your heart? Where's your intent? Right. And the balance is in that daily that daily walk with God. And this is this is where, you know, kind of we're talking about like the festivals there's these appointed times that god set and he's like i want you to come to me and spend time this is how i want you to serve me and i mean it starts daily with prayer and then but every week there's a sabbath there's a time to rest just to say okay hey i'm taking a break and i'm gonna spend this day with god and i know we've talked a little bit about before but you know for you know christianity uh this sunday for judaism uh is friday night you know, which this kind of leads to a point uh, in the next season of our podcast, we're going to talk a lot about colonial Christianity and how the fathers, the, the founding fathers of the United States were seeking. Uh, they were learning a lot of Jewish, uh, a lot of things from the Jewish perspective. They were really, really digging in. And actually, we've got facts about Benjamin Franklin writing some things, uh, some documents that Judaism uses today. Uh, so there's a lot of history there, but, but in, in looking at the Sabbath, there's actually some history that, that talked about why, um, why Christianity did the Sabbath just a little different. So it's just kind of neat to kind of dig into that. 
But well, let, the, let's go let's go down this road a little bit, Dan. You know, what are the appointed times? What are these specific times have to do with the kingdom? So we're we're jumping. We you know we have the kingdom. We're talking about a kingdom being established. We have Messiah on the throne, and you have the resurrected people. We're in this thousand year process uh, of redemption for this world for humanity. What do the appointed times have to do with all of that? The temple of God, the events, the nation of Israel. And all the other nations, how they work with the nation of Israel, all of that is the center of of the kingdom of God. It starts in the center with the temple. So in the temple, there's certain events that are going on daily. And there's three times a year that everybody's called, you know, the, the children of Israel called to come to this place. You know, during Pesach, during um, Shavuot, uh, during the Feast of Ten, with the Feast of Tabernacles. This, the whole, this, this whole time. And what's happening during those times, there are, there are sacrifices going on, which can actually be eaten. And this one thing that we, we look at where there are animals on, on a altar to always just be burned up. There's times where we're eating. And, it, and we've talked about this before. You, you're going to, you're meeting God at a special place. You're having dinner. You know, you're, you're, you're spending time with God. It's, it's God's way, his protocol of what he has. And Zechariah 14, which is explaining when the Messiah comes and takes Israel and takes Jerusalem back. Well, in it, it says that there'll be the, uh, Feast of Tabernacles. It will, it will be, you know, that, that's something that'll be celebrated every year. And it even says if the nations don't send a representative to go to that, then they're going to be plagued or they're going to get the plagues of Egypt. <laughs> they're not going to get any rain. So let's so, see on one side, you, you let's go eat with, with, with the king or and and in, involve ourselves in this or l- let us be plagued with the yeah i think i choose to uh go god has established this process and before we get into these the point in times i want to kind of step back and i want to talk about david setting up his kingdom in first chronicles david at the end of the at the end of first chronicles he's he's really outlining what he's he's putting everything together for this temple and this kingdom that his son is going to establish. And when you look at the commentary and you start digging into it, it's really amazing. I mean, you got, it's like it talks about there was 4,000 Levites that are in this pool. And David is, is putting together the process for the singers and the musicians. I mean, he has these sets. He has like 24 sets of 12 that they serve one week throughout the year. And it's just, you got, you got 288 singers and musicians that are serving every week. And all of the singing is based around all of these sacrifices that are going on. There's gatekeepers. You got, you got like 12 gates, um, you know, that they're talking about in here. And there, there's these gatekeepers that are guarding. So you have guards in the kingdom. And, you know, Jesus even gave a scripture where he said people will come to him on that day. And, you know, he had to turn them away. It was like they were coming to the gate and they were like, uh, you can't go here. I, there was a time when I was in Jerusalem and I actually was going to the wall, to the Western wall to pray. And I took the wrong way. And there were these guards standing in front of this gate because, you know, Jews could not go through this. And it was just basically they were stopping it. And I tried to go forward. And all of a sudden there was like three or four guards. They stood up with their guns and it reminded me. It kind of comes in. Yeah. It brings it into focus there. Yeah. I mean, it's like in the kingdom, you, you can't go to, there's guards. There's, you know, and so, but we don't think about that like, Oh, Hey, the kingdom of God's going to have guards. 
you know, there's there's all kinds of things going on in the kingdom. There's different levels of holiness. You can't go into every area. You got teachers in the kingdom, and I mean, during the t- the messianic kingdom is a time of learning. And it actually, you know, the scripture I was referring to in Zechariah says people will grab the titi of a Jew. There'll be ten people grab a titi of a Jew and say, "Take you. us up to there yeah. to yeah. learn, because we want to yeah. learn about the Lord." You have assistant managers. You have administrators, you have treasurers, you have storehouses. It talks about, you know, you got farms that are being taken care of. You got wineries, you got vessels, you got lamps, you got spices, you got food. I mean, there's so much to the, to the kingdom when, and, and if we're not thinking about it from that perspective, which David is outlining all of this in the end of the book he, of first chronicles, he's, he's talking about this and trying to say, Hey, I'm, I'm setting all this and preparing my son for this. And, you know, so this, this kingdom is a place where as individuals, we could study about how to connect with God. We can pray. But at the same time, we're practicing our professional, our profession, you know, while we're doing this. So we're living life, but at the same time, we're focused on God. This is what leads us into this, to these appointed times. During these appointed times, there's specific instructions that God gives for them. And some of them are in the temple. You have to have the temple to fully do, you know, to fully fulfill those instructions. But then there's times that if we're not in the temple, we can still live and celebrate these festivals, but they're just done a little bit different. They're not done at the full intent as if you were in the temple. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And I'm thinking as you're speaking, I'm going back through and I'm kind of visualizing, you know, having all of these different people working in conjunction harmoniously serving the king but understanding what they're doing you know you say i want to enter a job but i haven't i haven't got the background nor do i have the education you're really not going to be qualified for that job you know what what are you seeking for we should be seeking glory and honor and immortality we should be seeking to know god at a deeper level so that you can uh, establish and and enter that role to be able to serve the king effectively um, you know, and it, and it brings me back to the verse we had spoken about it before. It says, you know, foreigners who are joined to the Lord and honor the Sabbath and follow his commandments, he'll bring to his holy mountain and there your sacrifices will be favorable. You know, yeah, Isaiah do, as foreigners, we do have an opportunity to partake in this. Which do we want to partake? If you say, well, the kingdom of God is simply a place that's, you know, I don't know, above us, above the firmament. It's, you know, in another dimension. It's something that we are... I can't wait to get out of this world. I can't wait to be separated from all of this stuff. It's all going to burn anyway. I've heard that before. When you really say, no, uh, God doesn't want to destroy this world. God wants to redeem this world. God wants to bring it back. It's a beautiful world. So now we look at and say, man, my life really does account for something because I'm not just going through this. I'm not just learning just to learn and to be better than the next guy. I really am doing it so that I can seek a position in the kingdom of God, work for the king, and be effective in the redemption of humanity in this world. I, I want you to imagine going to the kingdom, and they're celebrating uh, Passover. And this is I'm, I'm thinking about this like from a perspective. Jesus is here. He's reigning as king, and they have Pesach. They, they have Passover going on. And now imagine going there and being like, I have no idea what they're doing. I've been that, in those situations, right? You're that, in a different that, culture. That, I have no clue now, what's going on. I saw myself like that years ago. Mm. Like, 
because like you know, I heard oh well, they're, we're supposed to go to uh, you know when I was reading Zechariah fourteen, and it says you know they're going to send uh, you know there'll be people going to celebrate tabernacles, which is the feast of booths is another name of it, but they're going to be they're going to be celebrating that. There's going to be many people that are just like I have no idea what they're doing. Why are you building something outside of your house, and why are you <laughs> why are you decorating or, it? Why are you eating in it and sleeping in it? Right, so we get this time right now. That's what repentance is. Repentance is like changing your mind and saying, okay, I want to learn the things of God. And we get this time right now to do that. And then Jesus makes a statement and says, hey, those who follow those commandments and teach others will be great in the kingdom. So all of a sudden now we're in the kingdom, you know, and you think about the parable of the talents. You know, Jesus said, you know, if, you know, the one that was faithful with their talent right. got you know, they were able to get a position that was greater than the one who didn't. Right. Okay. Well, and, and I'm not trying to look at this from a selfish point of view, but the thing is, I, I do want to be in a better position, especially now that I'm in eternity. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could sit there, I could be in eternity and I'm like in this low position. Well, it makes sense why Jesus said people will be grinding their teeth because they're so mad. I mean, they're, they're thinking like, Oh, I could have been much better here. I, I could have known God at a greater level. But then there's people that are going to be really embarrassed. I don't know that. I should have known. I should have taken the time right. to do that. Right. And so it, it really makes sense when you think about it from that point of view. Why did God put us in this world where this world is sucking us to it? I mean, we're, we're, our natural body wants the things of this world. Right. When we're out of this body... Our natural way of thinking will be, I want all of the things of God right. because everything's right. revealed. Right. I love that. Yeah. And, and we only will be able to have that because we work through it here through repentance. But like like you said before, as the kingdom is set up, now you have the, the innermost portion, the holiest of places. And I know that it's been said before, and maybe we can touch on it briefly, you know, that the veil has been torn and we can just boldly run into the throne room of God, uh, you know, we, we look at it and say, well, there is a structure set up. And if you do not have the correct credentials, you're not going to be able to enter. You're not going to be able to come near to God. Actually, it, he's going to say, depart from me. Yeah. You know, I never knew you. You, know, you go out where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. Well, those are the people that are saying, man, I wish I could have done more. Man, I wish I could have known. And really, I see it as an opportunity for this life in our next breath, like Dan was saying, to repent, to go through the process of shifting perspective and now saying, Lord, what would you will of me? What do I do? How do I, how do I grow? How do I come to this place where I can know you more? And really that's where revelation comes. Is it not, Dan? I mean, that's yeah, where it, it, God it brings the revelation and the forward yeah. movement, not yeah. us trying to debate, not us trying to take out of context and formulate some truth. No, it's, we must submit to the will of God and the direction of God in order for this puzzle to come together. The way to know God is to really know him through these festivals and these appointed times. From a perspective from the flesh, you know, from my just my natural way, I don't want to take time to pray. I don't want to take time outside of what I have in my life of what I want because I, you know, I, I'm on this mission. I've got my goal set and I'm trying to accomplish something for me. And all of a sudden God's like, um, Actually, I want you to take I want you to take time every day. <laughs> I want you to take a little time and spend with me. And then every every Friday night I want you to come and 
I want you guys to, to join in with me on this time of Sabbath. And then every year during Pesach, I want you to come and I want you to take this week and I want you to focus on what I have. And then for, there's going to be 49 days after that where we're like counting up to this day of Shavuot of Pentecost where God's like, Hey, I want to spend time with you and give you some direction. And then just a couple months after that, we're going to this time of repentance. There's a 30-day process of this repentance that we, he wants us to go through to really focus back on him and then come to a day where we don't even eat anything and just say, okay, I want to, I want to rehearse this day of judgment that everybody's going to go through. And then I want you to take these eight days and I want you to come and and spend more time with me. And it's like, oh man, I've got all these appointed times during the year that I'm really, what I'm doing every day, I'm actually preparing for this. And it's a, it's a whole year cycle. And God's like, I want you to do this. And I know you have your life going on and that's fine. And I put you here to go work and go do this, but I want you to implement these appointed times into your life. And if you do, I'm going to let you understand me better. And you're going to grow in this relationship. Right. It's almost be- like a vacation. You know, you're, you're bringing back into focus. You're vacationing from this world. You're focusing on, on God. And you also, it brings you back into not only focus, but it continues your perspective in the right direction. It really is yeah. something, you know, when I've heard, you know, that it's not necessary. These things are not really that important. They're done away with. They were something in the past. And, you know, but, you know, as the, as the word of God says, you know, they're, they're enduring. They're everlasting. Yeah. These are, these are what we are going to be, what we have the opportunity and the blessing and to partake in. So I like how you put that and I like how you explain those, each one of those uh, pointed times, because really when you look at it, it's not that intimidating. It really isn't. It's, it's a very beautiful thing. And I would encourage you, if you're listening out there, if you haven't had the opportunity to at least engage or understand, to take those steps towards understanding these eternal appointed times, because it really is refreshing. It really does open up the opportunity for you to meet with God. And there's something special. And I know as a, you know, a Gentile pastor that, you know, kind of going down this road and observing and following and teaching and learning, you know, that it really does set you back to a place of stability and a place of peace and a place of understanding. And you feel refreshed. You feel, I love when you said before, Dan, that, uh, that you went through this process and you're getting to, you know, the time of repentance and, you know, the day of atonement and judgment. And you, you've said judgment is a good thing. If you're, if you're working it out, judgment will be a good thing. Yeah. You know, that we, we look at these and you say they, they, you know, they close the prayer, they close the book and all of a sudden you're, you're weeping, you're crying. You're like, I, what is going on here? This is incredible. It's, it, there's, it's almost like a story that's being played out. You've partaken in that story and you, you feel alive. It's yeah. a beautiful process. Yeah. The, you it's know, not necessary is, is mind boggling. Yeah, you're talking about the day of Yom Kippur or the day of atonement. It's a, it's a day where you're, you're, you're fasting and there's prayers that you're doing that are basically leading up to a climax at the end of Yom Kippur. You're standing in front of the judge, the court and the courtroom is closing. It's like all, you know, all this, um, all, all these judgments have been made and you're pleading for mercy before God. 
and it's a rehearsal because that's what will happen in the end. It's like in Revelation 20, it actually talks about this time where all the dead will be raised. So whether they're a sinner, whether they're saved, wherever they are, they're all going to be raised. And anybody who was not resurrected, so it's the people who, you know, whatever reason they didn't get, they were not resurrected. And it's just everybody else. And I know from a Christian point of view, you know, it's like, oh, well, all these people are going to be just thrown into the lake of fire. Well, no, there, there's a reason for this judgment. And it's this time where people are crying out for mercy. And it's like the judges there are, are looking for, hey, how can, how can we let these guys in? You know, it's a, it's a merciful time. And, and so the Yom Kippur is this time. That's what it's representing. It's a time you're, you're, for a day, you're standing in front of the courtroom and you're getting to plead and ask for mercy and say, God, you know, forgive me. Let me come in. And, and the intent you know, is not to, like you said, not to just throw you in the lake of fire. They're looking yeah. for ways that you have benefited or you have, you know, uh, been, remained, um, committed to God's process. Like they're looking for those things. Yeah. They want and, you to be redeemed and saved. Right. And in, in, in Judaism, I mean, that's what they call the in-betweeners. They're the people that are in between, you know, they're right on the edge or something. It's like, you know, I heard, I heard a pastor actually say one time, he was like, Hey, does he have an uncle who really was serving me? You know, is there some favor here? Is there some, you know, can, is there somebody? And that's the whole, the whole idea of accepting Jesus. I mean, we're, that's what we're doing. We're clinging to his merit. We're like, oh, you know, not not my, you know, I know I'm not good enough, but I trust in Jesus, and it's the same, it's the same concept. That's what the day of Yom Kippur. Is. So in all of these appointed times, there's these little key treasures in these that you can see God's mercy. I mean, even you know, in, in Passover, it's it's God taking you know Israel out of Egypt. There's a redemption process. There's the Shavuot, which is the time of the giving of the Torah, where God gave the Torah to Israel at Mount Sinai. And there was a big trumpet blast. I mean, imagine here's God's voice. And it's like, it says it's the sound of a trumpet, like, you know, I mean, everybody's in awe, like, oh, man, God's speaking. I mean, it's that time every year you're thinking about that. So these these festivals really pull you back in to the what's going on with God's ways and his protocols. And, and the thing is, is when there's a temple there at a whole nother level. And so to think, okay, here comes Jesus. He comes back. Well, it only makes sense that he's setting up a temple and all of these festivals are going to start taking place because really this thousand year period of time, you know, and back in Revelation 20, it talks about, you know, that there'll be people that come back and reign with Christ for a thousand years. And it says those who are re resurrected during that time, they don't have any part of the second death. So they're already past the finish line. They're reigning with Christ. And why is he going to reign here for a thousand years? Well, he's going to bring the entire world to repentance, to where the entire world is following God's ways. And that's why, I mean, to me, it makes perfect sense why it's going to take a thousand years. <laughs> I mean, here that you got Jesus yeah. and all these people. And and that's why Isaiah is saying, hey, if somebody dies at a hundred years old, well, they're, it's a young person. So there, there are going to be people, it, it's kind of like the, the whole thousand years in the beginning, everybody lived to be a thousand years. So, you know, in, in this end time, People are going to grow older. I mean, I can, I think about like, well, people in nursing homes will start getting better. <laughs> you know, there's Jesus coming. There's life coming out of Israel, you know, out of Jerusalem. And people are like, they're raising up and, and then they're actually working through this repentance. I mean, it's an amazing, it's an entirely amazing story. And you, know, you said that you were talking about the beginning. You got the exiles coming back. So you got people who didn't even know they were Jewish and God's bringing them back. And then you have the nations 
that are all clinging to Israel. And then, you know, so you got the exiles coming back. And in Hosea, it says, you know, as many as the sand of the sea. You can't even count them. And then, but they're repenting. They're turning back to God. You know, which is this, it's this whole thing. And what are they doing? They're serving God through these festivals. They're serving him through this process. And, and so the end of the thousand years, it's like, okay, bring everybody up, <laughs> back up. Now we're going to go into eternity. Well, what are we going to do in eternity? Well, it will be a high, higher level of serving God. So this was preparation for us going into eternity. Right. So if you don't like it now, if you don't want to serve God right now, I, I promise you, you're probably not going to want to do it there. Right. 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 That's why you repent. He, and, and the new covenant is, I will change your heart. So if you don't want to serve him, but he's like, hey, you come to me, you start this repentance process, I'm going to change your heart where you're going to want to serve me. Mm. It's an amazing story. It is an amazing story. That is so incredibly powerful, Dan, you know, to, to reveal and to be understanding of a purpose. I think, I believe that that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to know, you know, why am I here? What is the meaning of life? How do I, how do I even start to begin to go through this process? And really we keep coming back to it and it's repentance, you know, God, yeah you know, brings the seeds are planted and God brings the growth. And I, I promise you starting out on this journey myself, you know, not really knowing which direction to take. We like to have maybe a pastor that tells us, go here, go here, do this, do this. Um, and it, and it's good to have that authority in your life. And I would promote having authority in your life, but at the same time, the journey is your own. The journey is an opportunity for you to know God. So how much do you want to know God? How much do you want to know this God, the God, the God that provides the puzzle pieces, the God that says, hey, I want you to show me how much you love me by putting these together. And your reward is that you get to serve and know me at a deep level. That is, that is such an incredible place to be. The reward is God. So, you know, and I, and I look at, you know, the grabbing that seat seat of a, of a Jew and say, take me with you. There's something to say about this process. For those that may be thinking, you know, well, I, I have the truth. I'm, I'm good with it. You know, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. But, you know, the, it really comes back to, is it, is it really something to stand on? Is it really? And I love what you said in the beginning, Dan, you know, really humbling ourselves and going back and saying, do I really have all of the truth? And is it really necessary for me to sit back and just wait for Jesus to come? And I, I really don't believe that. He's given us natural occurrences. He's given us things here on this earth as shadows of what's to come. And I really believe even if you just take a couple of, of, of days, you take a couple of weeks and look in this direction, I, I assure you that you will not only find life, but you'll find freedom in the truth because the word says the truth will set you free. Incredible, brother. So closing thoughts today. We've talked about appointed times. We've talked about some signs of, of what's to come, the exiles. And, uh, and I really truly believe that this is a great platform to launch from in our discussion, continuing moving forward. Why do we repent? What is the process of repentance? And what is the purpose of repentance? And it's really given us some thoughts. And I would encourage you, take some time, think about it, meditate, pray on it, and ask the hard questions. Because God will meet you where you're at, and he will answer when you call. Close your yeah, thoughts, brother. There's been like 2,000 years 
of preaching to say we don't need to know the Torah, we don't need to know the appointed times, you know, or we don't need to learn from the Jews. You know, there's just all these things that were just taught from a point because things were hidden, and it wasn't. I don't think it was malintent that they no, they were no, teaching them. No. I think it was just they they missed some things along the line, and we're in a place. And you know, thank thank God for the internet for technology because we we can learn things at you know at a rapid pace because of the technology we have. And what normally took people years to go through, you know, we we can we can do it much quicker. But I, I really want to encourage people is if if you go through the 30 day repentance process on howdoireppent.org, there's a lot of resources along the way. But what it does, it takes you through the process of kind of thinking through this and, and getting a little change and turning back to God's ways. And there, like I said, there's a lot of resources along the way that will help move you in that direction. Uh, there, you know, I'm just going to tell you, there's thousands of people, there's millions of people all over the world that are waking up. There's an awakening going on. Yes. Yes. And this is a part of the end time. It's the repentance. I mean, it's the, the world is, there is a shift that's going on that I believe, and we're just a part of it. You know, all of us can partake of this, but I mean, there are, I, I know of thousands of people that are studying tour. I mean, I'm, I'm a part of some groups. That I mean, there are just so many people. I, I I don't even know exactly how many is in there, but you know, in the Jewish people, there you know, all, all around the world, it's it, there's there's such a movement of people turning back to God's commandments, turning to His ways. I would encourage everybody to really take time and just dedicate time and say, well, hey, I want to learn God's ways. I want to understand this. I want to understand His kingdom, and I want to be motivated. To really, you know, seek him and, and just, it's a decision and you've got to, you know, and you ask God for help and strength and he'll take you through it. Right on, man. You, that's, that's very well said. And I want to let you know, listener, you know, our friends, our family now growing together, that you have a place in the kingdom of God. You have a purpose in this world. Um, you'll be known in the kingdom by how obedient you are to God's instruction. You, you have to prepare in order to be utilized. And I, for one, want to be there on that day and see you and say, you know what, we've worked through it and it was all worth it, even just taking a step in that direction. We love you. We are encouraged by your desire to pursue your place in the kingdom. And uh, that'll do it for today, Dan. It, it's been a great discussion, brother. I really appreciate all of your insight. Um, and uh, just your love and your passion, because it really is uh, motivating and it really is encouraging to see that, you know what, family, you are a part of a greater family that is seeking God and desiring God on this level, all for the sake of the kingdom of God. Like Jesus prayed, we let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is apparent through the feasts, the festivals, Shabbat, uh, growing, learning, repenting, First and foremost, that's the first step. You want to know where to begin? Start with repentance. How do I repent.org? And this is the How Do I Repent.org podcast.